our Father, we thank you this morning. Thank you for this great love. Thank you for your awesome presence and power in this place this morning. Thank you for your grace that we have received. Thank you for your love. We are drowned in your love. We bask in your love. We relish it. We are enjoying it. We rejoice in it. Even when we don't understand the full extent of it, we are thankful this morning. Thank you for your presence and power in this place. Thank you for that which you have begun to do already. Thank you for that which you will yet do this morning as we go into your word. Lord, in this place this morning, we ask for a baptism of understanding. We ask for light to pierce every darkness. We ask for strength to overcome every weakness. We ask for the glory of God to shine forth in this place this morning. Let the power of the highest come upon us. Let the glory of God be revealed. Let your word come with power and accuracy. Piercing into the dividing asunder of the spirit and the soul. Revealing the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Bringing change and transformation. Bringing empowerment to live the life of God. In the name of Jesus receive grace in your word. We receive light in your word. We receive understanding in your word. We receive entrance into your word. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name we are praying. It's a pleasure to be here standing before us this morning to bring God's word to us. And um, it's a privilege that um, I do not take lightly. This morning, by the grace of God, we'll be looking at... Um, the message I titled, The Gifts of Eternal Life. Romans chapter 6, let's read verse 23. You know, when we were much younger, I mean, there were scriptures that just talked to heart. We crammed them and they remained. And you know, some of those scriptures remain anchor for the soul. In the times of trouble, you just find out that certain scriptures just pop up in your spirit. Not because you went to read, not, because, not even because you read that scripture two years ago, recently. It just popped up. Why? Because it's stored up in your spirit man and is the word appropriate for that season. Hallelujah. So we should, we should go back to that discipline of memorizing God's word. Memorizing verses. Even if it's one verse per day, memorize. Keep in your heart. Turn it over and over. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 6 verse 23. For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. Through Christ Jesus our Lord. For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. Through Christ Jesus our Lord. John chapter 1. I'll read Verses 1 to 4, then I'll read 11 to 13. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. 
It was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. The same was in the beginning with God, verse 2. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. Verse 11. Okay, let's start verse 10. It was in the world, and the world was made by him, but the world did not know him. He came unto his home, and his home received him not. But as many as received him, to them he gave power. New KJV says he gave the right to become the children of God to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Did you find those scriptures exciting? He said, but as many as received him to them, he gave the right to become the children of God to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood. Say, I'm not born of blood. I'm not born of the will of the flesh. I'm not born of the will of man. I am born of God. Hallelujah. The gift of eternal life. When we talk about life, you see the English word, the English vocabulary is very limited. The English vocabulary is very limited in that it doesn't have enough words to capture different expressions of scriptures. For example, the word translated life in the Bible, you know, in English, life. But in, in, the, in Greek, when you look at life, life, there are three different words that mean life. Do you understand? But when you are reading your English Bible, it will just say life. Irrespective of the kind of life that is being referred to. Praise God. And we're going to see it. Um, so, in, in the Greek, in which the original language in which the New Testament was written, there is a type of life called bios, which is the physical, natural life. Biology. That's from the word we have, biology. Do you understand? Bios. Hallelujah. And we can see that in the book of Luke chapter 8, verse 14. Luke chapter 8, verse 14. Now the ones that fell among thorns are those who, when they have heard, go out and are choked with cares, riches, and the pleasure of life. The pleasure of normal life, natural life. Do you understand? Physical life. Bios. There is another word in Greek that, you know, the English translation called life, and it's the word suke. It's the word suke. Um, you can see that in Matthew chapter 16, verse 25, and it talks about the soul life. It talks about, you know, the life of the mind, emotions, and the will. Whoever desires to save his life, you know, you are trying to protect the life that you have, your human, your natural soul life. He said, whoever is trying to save it will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Hallelujah. That's your human soul life, suke. Then there is a third word, translated life, and that's what we are considering this morning, is the word called zoe. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's a word called Zoe. And um, we, we, we saw that, you know, in the book of John chapter 1 that we read in verse 4. It says, in him, talking about Christ, talking about the world. You know, before Jesus came to the world, he existed in the Godhead as the world. Praise God. Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Right? The word God talked about is not just the singular God, Father. It's the word Elohim. Talking about the triune God. The Father, the Word, and the Spirit. Praise God. Now, we came to John, and you, you, you also saw that in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, where he said, and he said, let us make man in our own image, right? So, let us means it wasn't just, I mean, verses in the right? I cannot say to myself, let us. If I'm saying let us, I'm talking to maybe there's one other person, one or more people with me. So, it's a plural thing, right? So, that's, that's the concept of the Trinity. Let us make my in our own image. So, when we came to John chapter 1, he said, in the beginning, in the eternal past, was the world. Right? And the world was with God. And the world was God. It was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life. In the entity of the Godhead called the world was life. And the life was the light of men. Verse 11 that we read. He came to his home. His own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become the children of God to those who believe in his name. Who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word, verse 14, became what? Flesh. So we know it's a reference, direct reference to Christ, right? And the word, the eternal word in the beginning became flesh and dwelt among us. We beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Hallelujah. So we have established that Christ is the word, right? For the establishment, 1 John chapter 1. Let's read from verse 1. First John chapter 1. That which was from the beginning, right? Which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. The life was made manifest, and we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life which was with the Father, and was manifested to us. That which we have seen and heard, we declare to you, that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. Praise God. 
praise the Lord. So, verse 4 of John chapter 1 now said that in him was life. And the life was the light of men. In Christ is life. So, when we, the, 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 the life we are trying to describe this morning is Zoe. It is the very life that is in God. Praise God. Zoe is a description of the life that, permit me, powers God. Praise God. Are we together? So I said there are different kinds of life. And because it's important that we understand what we have, what has been given to us, what has been given to us. There is the natural life, which we have talked about, bios, there is the suke, the soul life, then there is zohe. We can break it down further into other elements. There is what we call plant life, flora, plant life. There is what we call animal life, fauna, right? I'm sure we still remember about our secondary school biology. Fauna, animal life. Even in the cadres of plant life and animal life, in those cadres of life, there are different uh, qualities or expressions of life. There are different kinds of life. For example, because when we speak about life, each life has its own specific DNA. Do you understand? It, It has its own specific hereditary information that describes or that ultimately determines the kind of life it is. And I would explain. A maize plant is different from a cocoa plant. Right? But they are both plants. But they have different kinds. They have different DNA. A maize plant, the DNA of a maize plant will make that maize plant grow and fruit in maybe four months, max. Maybe four months. I, I hope my the Greek I, I grew up with is still correct. You know, my, my father was a farmer, so... So, the, the DNA of the maize plant makes it grow. You know, you plant it today after like four days, something is already shooting forth, and you are seeing it, and in three months, the thing is full, fully grown, before you know it, fourth month, you are looking at the, the corn, you know, coming out. Maturity, four months. The cocoa tree is not like that. The cocoa tree, you plant it, takes a few weeks, starts coming out. Before you start seeing fruits on the cocoa tree, you are probably looking at maybe minimum of three, four years. Not even, but the thing is just, the fruit is not even mature, but at least you can see. Something small shooting out and you know, okay, this thing is bringing out something. And before you can talk of harvest on the cocoa tree, you're probably talking about maybe seven, eight years. But the difference between the two is that the maize plant completes its cycle in four months and is done. The cocoa tree fruits maybe in the seventh year. The following year, fruits, and it can continue like that for another 30, 40 years, bringing forth fruits according to its DNA. 
Do you get? So, my grandfather planted a cocoa farm. He died, handed over to my dad. We, you know, harvested from it, lived on it. He had his own, planted his own. My father died about 14 years ago, handed it over. Those plants are still there. The cocoa tree is still bringing forth fruit year on year, according to its kind. Praise God. Animal life. I'm just trying to explain because it's important that we lay a very good foundation so that we can, we can push into what we are saying. There is the life of a goat that makes it behave. There is a DNA of a goat that makes it a goat. And it is that genetic information that makes it behave the way it behaves. There is the DNA of a dog different from that of a goat. Are we together? That DNA of a dog makes it behave as a dog, that we call it. So a dog can bark. A cow will meow, right? A goat cannot bark because it does not have the capacity. It is not in its DNA to bark. Do you get? So... That, that genetic information, that DNA, it is, is what describes how or what they are. It describes um, their behavior. Describes even their growth. Describes how far they can grow. For example, if you see, if you see a goat that grows as big as a cow, <laughs> something is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Something is wrong. Maybe the, the, the madman of Gadara found a way to enter. Some, do you understand? So it, it, that life, that life, that DNA, that thing called life and the good defines even the extent or the limit of its growth. Irrespective of what you feed it, there is a certain level it can't grow. It can't grow and grow and become like a cow. It's not possible. And that's... Those, that genetic information is very key. You see it in every living thing. Every living thing. Different from one person to the other. It is the same for us. My father's, you know, one of the things that is making around to Nigeria today is this issue of paternity fraud. And people are DNA tests here and there are okay. I didn't give birth to him. He didn't give birth to and all that. My father's DNA, not my natural father that died in 2007, I carry his DNA. My children carry my DNA. Right? So what that means is we have some things that are unique and specific to us. Similarities. And if you look closely, you would that thing will replicate itself in, you know, in physical features. Sometimes in certain kind of mannerisms. Hallelujah. Behavior. Some. Some sort of behavior. You, you begin to see some of them. Ah, you, ah, that boy is like his father. His father used to do that. I remember whenever my mom calls me. And tells me, I'm like, ah, I forgot, you know. Like, oh, 
you know, because my father didn't used to take anything to heart. Like, you can't, you can't bother him. You can't, you can't put him under pressure. Do you get, you can't transfer pressure on him and he's now, mm-mm. whatever, let everyone fall. Let it boil over. 24 hours is 24 hours. Sun will rise, sun will set. Do you understand? The fact that everything is blowing up does not mean, ah, okay, they will not extend the day to 36 hours for you. It, it is, things will take its normal shape. We will sleep and wake up. Life will continue. So no, don't, no pressure. You can't put pressure. Hallelujah. So I said all that to say this. Zohe is the God life. It's also a kind of life. Different from every other form of life that we know or that we have described. Hallelujah. Zoe is the God kind of life. It is the uncreated eternal life of God. It is the life that makes God, God. When you say God, that being, that entity called God, the life that powers him, the life that makes him God, the life that describes all his nature and attributes and power and might and dominion, that life that powers Everything is Zoe. Eternal life. The divine life. It's unlike any other life. It's, it's unlike any other life that we know. It is uncreated. So, eternal life, uh, yes, you see, even me, I'm struggling to capture it. Why? Because I don't even fully understand it. Our mind cannot capture that thing. It's too big. It's too vast. Why? Because uh, eternal life is, is timeless. It's, an, it's a life without beginning and without an end. And it is, that is not something we are used to. We are used to things coming to an end. We are used to saying, oh, people, we are, oh, they grow, 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 grow. 100, they die. Methuselah, 969, he died. Do you understand? Uh, Adam, 962, he died. We are used to seeing things die. You, you touch this microphone, maybe some months or years ago, I don't know. But the thing, someday, it will stop working. It will die in, in, in that sense. This chair, one day they will break. So we are not used to things lasting forever. We don't understand the realms of forever. It is alien to us. We are just trying to understand it, but we don't understand it. Hallelujah. The the realm of the eternal. So... And the, 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 the great thing about eternal life is not just in its timelessness or in the fact that it is unending. It is not in its duration or longevity. That is not even the beautiful thing about it. That's beautiful, like I said. We don't even understand that. 
But it is not just the quantity of that life. It is also the quality of that life. It is perfect, complete, unblemished, without defect and incorruptible. And that is why God is perfect. That is why God is incorruptible. That is why God is without blemish. That is why God is all-knowing. That is why God is omnipresent. Hallelujah. That's why God is omnipotent, all-powerful, all-knowing. From beginning to the end, he knows. That thing I just said now, we don't understand it. I don't. We are just believing it by faith and that is okay. Praise God. How can somebody be everywhere at the same time and is not absent from anywhere? How can billions of people on a day like this raise prayers, raise worship to one being in several thousands of languages all over the world and it can distinct your own voice, my voice, and is not confused about what Felicia is asking and what Ladi is asking, and it won't mix it together. Are we together? It is his life. It is that eternal life. It is that Zoe, that life that does that. That's the life that is in God. So scripture says, in him was life. In him was Zoe. And Zoe is the light of men. Hallelujah. The good news. That life hmm, is what he has given to you and I. And that's why I said we don't yet understand it. It is still being unveiled. It is still, be, it is still being revealed to us. Eternal life. Yes, we say it, but we don't know it. We don't know the extent of its influence. The extent of its potential in terms of dominion and power and grace and incorruptibility. We don't know it yet, but we will, we will know it. Hallelujah. As we follow on to know the Lord, we will know it. Why? Because we are engaging it. Hallelujah. That's the very life that we have. He said, as many as received him to them, he gave power to become the sons of God. To become the sons of God. So, if you have received him, and I believe we all have, I want to believe. See, if, if you have not, if you have not accepted him as Lord and Savior, you are not, you are not even ready for what we are discussing this morning. Because it is not, it is not your tough. It is not, you don't qualify. First of all, you need to qualify to understand. And that's by accepting Jesus as Lord and Savior. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have what have eternal life. Everybody that had accepted Christ as Lord and Savior has eternal life. 
Tell your neighbor, I have eternal life. I have eternal life. It's an unending life. A life that death cannot touch. And when I'm saying death, I'm not just talking physical death. I'm talking corruption. It does not feed. That the, that the quality of life does not feed. It does not diminish. Again, we don't understand. Because we are used to seeing things fade. We are used to seeing things diminish. We are used to seeing things lose quality over time. We are used to seeing things change over time. If you leave it for 10, 20, 30, 100 years, it would have changed form, changed color, changed the quality would have diminished. But God remains unshakable. He remains undiminished, unblemished, eternally perfect, eternally the same, eternally incorruptible. And I pray God will give us understanding. John chapter 10 verse 10. He said, the thief comes but to kill, to, to steal, and to kill, and to destroy. But I am come that they may what? Have life. That's the, he was talking about the sheep because the previous verses he was talking about um, people not, the people who had come before him were um, thieves, not entering the sheepfold by the door. It's the door of the sheep and all of that. And he said, the thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I have come that they may have life, and do what? And have it more abundantly. So Jesus came that we may have what? Life. We may have Zoe. And that's what he has given us. That's what he has given us. But it is not just enough to have Zoe. It is that we must have it abundantly. We must have it what? Abundantly. And that abundantly, that realm of abundantly is the realm we are pursuing. Pursuing, in, you see, abundantly is not that, ah, okay, so when I gave my life to Christ, they gave me one. Then as I'm pursuing, it will increase to 100. Mm -mm. It is not in that sense. It is not in terms of quantity. It is in terms of influence and dominion that it's beginning to gain in your life, in your heart, in your soul. So, from day one, so it's like on, from day one you gave your life to Christ, the seed of that life is planted. Just like a newborn baby, you give birth to that baby. From that day, in fact, from day one, conception, from the day one that conception took place in the womb, that baby is alive. Right? Then that baby keeps growing. Maybe the first four weeks, you don't even know that anything is going on. Eight weeks. Yes, you know you are pregnant, but people don't know. Right? By maybe 12th week, 16th week, they start, people start seeing a bulge. Oh, okay. Why? Because that life 
life is growing inside. And it is the same for us. So from day one, we have life. But life, that life must be growing. If that life is not growing, there is a problem. Praise God. That life, the eternal life in you must be growing. And that's the realm of abundantly. Praise the Lord. So the first scripture we read, Romans chapter 6 verse 23 says, The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So we have established that eternal life is a gift. And we also see that in the book of Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8, that eternal life is a gift. Ephesians 2 8. For by grace you have been saved through faith, not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. If it is the gift of God, it means I didn't do anything to earn it. Right? If I'm giving you a gift, you did not do anything to earn it. It's, it that's why it is called a gift. If you did something to earn it, it is no longer a gift. It is a reward. Or it is it is wages. I'm, I'm you know, um, paying you for what you have done. This issue of death, the wages of sin is death. So it's contrasting wages and gifts. So wages is, I've worked, at the end of the month, they pay me salary. So scripture is saying that the reward that sin pays for cultivating sin is death. For, for pursuing sin, for living that life, that kind of life, it would pay back in death. But God is merciful and God had to cut short that process and bring salvation. Why? Because even the death, we couldn't pay it. We couldn't, we couldn't pay the price of justice. We couldn't meet that demand of justice for the sin. You know, the sin that we committed. And I'm not talking about acts of sin. I'm even talking about the nature of sin. From Genesis chapter 3. You know, when the serpent came into the garden and all of that. And, you know, God gave an instruction to those guys. He said, this part, you see, of all the trees in the garden, you can eat freely. You can eat freely. Um, that, Genesis chapter 2, he said, God planted a tree in Eden, put the man there, made the woman, put him with the man. And it gave him a commandment. Eat freely. In the center of the garden was where the tree of the life, the tree of life, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. He gave commandment. You can eat freely of all the trees in the garden, including the tree of life. But you see this particular one, don't eat of it. Why? For in the day that you eat it, in dying you shall die. That day you shall die. Then the serpent came to Eve, spoke to her, did all sorts of things. He said, did God really tell you not to eat of the fruit of this tree. Yes, he said, if we eat, blah, 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 we will die. You shall not surely die. And you know, that's what Satan tells us today. He said, when you eat it, your eyes will be opened. 
you would become like God. Was he lying? Uh, let's talk now. Was the serpent lying? Are you sure? Uh, but scripture says in John, you know, he was talking about those guys. Say, you have your father, the devil. He has been lying from the beginning, and he cannot. It is his nature. So how can you say the serpent was not lying? Can he do anything other than lie? Because he's been lying to us to lure us into sin. He's still doing it today. It was a lie, of course, but it was an intelligent lie. Why? Because when they ate the the fruit of the tree, their eyes were indeed opened. Their eyes were opened. And they became like God, knowing good and evil. God himself said that in the later part of chapter 3. He said, the man has become like horse, knowing good and evil. So Satan was not exactly lying, but he did not tell the truth. He just, hallelujah. Are we together? In the day, the day they heard that truth, did they die? <laughs> did they die? Ah, uh-uh. how did they die? Eh? Because uh, God told them, "In the day that you eat of this tree, you shall surely die." Satan said, "You will not surely die." And they ate it, and they did not surely die. Did they then fall down and die? <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> because I had to put it that way because that's what Satan does to us. That's what he does to us. He tells us the benefits, not the consequences. He shows us the pleasure. He showed Jesus the pleasure in the garden. After he was baptized, scripture says he was driven by the Holy Ghost you know, into the wilderness for 40 days. He was without food. First, he brought food. Jesus overcame. Second, he brought, scripture says, uh, what, what was the second one he brought? To the, to the pinnacle of you know, of the temple. He took him to the pinnacle of the temple, showed him all the glory of the world. How could Satan have done that? It was in Jesus' mind. It was in Jesus, because there is no place, there is no central place, there is no high place on the face of the earth, a physical location, where you will stand and see all the glory. It's in the mind. Glory is in the mind. It's in the imagination. It was causing Jesus to dream, dream big, ambition, dream big. It was Jesus was saying things. And he said, if you see, and he said, all these things have been given to me. True, right? Why? Because he took it over from Adam. He said, all these things I will give to you if only you bow. Satan is still doing that to us today. He's still, you know, dangling things, dangling glories. It's not just. I don't even know how to describe glories because we don't... Nigeria has limited us so much. We don't know glories. We don't understand glories. 
is true. It's true. Why do you think somebody will kill to become president? Glory. Power. To become, do all sorts of things, to become the, the CEO of a large, its influence, glories, access, is dangling things. And in our little spaces, it dangles things to bring, to make us compromise, to make us ignore the life that is in us. So he told them, you will not surely die. But they died. Why? Because they were cut off from the flow of the life of God. And that is death indeed. Yes, they continue to live. At least for hundreds of years. They gave birth to children. Their children gave birth to children. Their children built cities. They were prosperous. Things were working, but they were dead. Hallelujah. There are many people walking the face of the heart today, dead, but doing things. Hallelujah. They were cut off from the flow, from the supply of God's life. And let me describe it this way. You see this fan? Working well now. If I turn it off right now, I've cut off power, but it will still be rolling. Probably roll for another two or three minutes. And anybody that comes in here, not knowing that I've switched off the power, sees it rolling, the fan is working. The fan is alive. But that fan is, it, it died the moment I switch off the power. Praise God. So they died that very day. And from that day, scripture says, death entered into the world. Death entered. We see that in Romans. We won't, we, we, we won't go there because of our time. But, you know, I had to say that because just to explain the wages of sin. That's how sin pays. That's the salary. That's the reward of sin. Death. A cutting off from the supply of life. You are cut off from the flow of eternal life. No access. Praise the Lord. Praise the living Jesus. But the gift of God, Romans 5, 6. For when we were still without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. What is strength in that place? When we're without life. Why? Because we, we became weak. Man continued to diminish over, uh, over a long period of time. And Romans, Romans said, death reigned from Adam to Moses. Even after them that did not sin according to the type of Adam's sin. Then God brought small salvation in, in the shape of the law. God brought in the law to try and stop the reign of death. Not totally stop it because the law couldn't have stopped it. It would take, it would take death you know, to stop it. But at least to limit the damage of death, God brought in the law to limit the damage of death. 
verse 8 of Romans chapter 5 says, He demonstrated His love towards us. Let's see verse 8. In that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. These are things we must never lose sight of. We must never forget this show of love. We, we didn't understand what was happening. And many of us still don't. We don't understand death. We don't understand what it means to be cut off from God. There is no life outside of him. In his mercies, in his love, he now came and gave us the gift of eternal life. He didn't just forgive our sins. He gave us his own life, his own DNA. If you have the DNA of God, how do you think you should, what should, what should the DNA of God produce in you? Hallelujah. What should it produce? Produce God. Simple. Flesh gives birth to flesh. Goat gives birth to goat. Lion gives birth to lion. God gives birth to gods. And it says, ye are gods unto whom the word of the Lord has come. He called us gods. Why? Because we carry his DNA. We carry his very life. Yes, it's in our spirit. So when Jesus died and resurrected and we accepted him as Lord and Savior, there was a total turnaround. There was a transformation. There was, there was a resurrection that happened. Why? Because in, in Genesis chapter 3, that man died. The spirit of man died. Then when we gave our lives to Christ, that same spirit rose again. It was recreated. And that's what we saw in, 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 um, in that John chapter 1, I think verse 13, where it says, To as many as received him, to them he gave power to become. The word translated become is the word genomai. And it means to come into existence. So that means that thing did not exist before. But to them that received him, to them that believed him in his name, he gave power to come into existence. Something new was born that day. It means something to begin to be. You know, it started, a new life was created. He received being. And that's what we saw in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. If any man be in Christ, is a new creature. New creature. Born afresh. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So Jesus said he has come to give us life so that we can have life and to have it more abundantly. We must grow in eternal life. Eternal life must increase. So the life of God locked up in our spirit must increase. We must feed that life. We must, that life, you see, when you, when you give birth to a child, you don't teach the child how to grow. Mr. Odunsi, how much have you taught Rina how to grow? You, you, so uh, Rina, uh, this is how you'll be growing day by day. When you wake up, you, 
No, no. What do you do? You feed. When you feed her, she will grow. Feed, grow. Feed, grow. It is automatic. And you see, we've, we've considered that extensively、uh, when Pastor D was teaching about embracing God's dealings for spiritual growth and all that. We have the responsibility to grow the life of God in our spirit. By growing it, I mean that we are allowing that life to increase in influence and dominion and capacity over our soul, over our hearts. The life of God is gaining ground more than ever before. And how do we do that? By feeding that life. Some of us want to pray, and we are praying 15 minutes. There's nothing else to pray about. Or 30 minutes. We are out of prayer points. It is because the capacity of our spirit is not, is, is not enlarged. It's like saying uh, 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 a child that is malnourished should run 5,000 meters. With,、uh, with these guys from Ethiopia and Kenya. He won't survive it now. Do you understand? He won't survive it. A child that is malnourished, tell him to run with Usain Bolt. But when you, so that you, you run out of prayer points after 15 minutes, after 30 minutes. Why? Because you have exhausted the capacity of your spirit. But when you feed your spirit with the word, With the word of God. Why? Because the word of God is the language of the spirit. Hallelujah. The word is the language of prayers, it is the expression of the will of God. When, when you train your spirit and you feed your spirit, you find out that the capacity of, that, of the life of God in your spirit, of Zoe in your spirit, is growing, is becoming influential. Is becoming influential. And you can. That's why you, you are surprised when people tell you they prayed for three hours. Like, the reason you are surprised is because you don't have language. You don't have language. You don't have capacity. Because when, 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 when your spirit is saturated in the word, ah, Things will flow now. It will just. Why? Because spirit will communicate with spirit. There will always be things to pray, to pray about. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, spiritual maturity is the growth of the life of God in us. It's the growth of the life of God. And we see that in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, 6 to 7, where Paul said, I plant, Apollo water, God gave the increase. Therefore, ye are God's farmland that God is cultivating. How did it become a farmland? Planted, watered, God gave increase, and because of increase, it became God's garden. Why? Because there is increase, and God is tending it and cultivating it. So we have that responsibility. Spiritual maturity is the growth of the life of God in us. The life of God keeps growing in influence, in authority. Our spirit 
gets more dominion, more authority. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. One of the things that eternal life has done for us, Romans chapter 8, Romans chapter 8, verse 15. Romans chapter 8, verse 15. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. 16. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then hears. Hears of God and joint hears with Christ. The spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if we indeed are children, then we are his. Who are his? Who is, that? Who is a here? Yes, I, I, I get that, but I want us to explain, I want us to explain that word. If you say this guy is the is an heir to the throne or something. Next in line. Or uh, inheritor. Something that has someone that has a right to inheritance. He said, So if indeed we are children of God, then we have a right to the inheritance. The inheritance of God. And not just his, joint his with Christ. Joint his with Christ. You know, the, the, the concept of joint his, I, I understood that there was a day I was reading my, I was just reading, okay, it's been long now, it's been a few years. I, was, I think I was reading a Yoruba Bible, probably online or something. And I read that place and it says, Allah Bajogun Pelu Christi. The, the way I understood it, um, so when, when a man dies and um, you, have, you, have, you have left properties, farmlands, houses, money and all that for your children. Um, okay, so let me, let me use myself as an example. Like I said, my father died 14 years ago, this month, and... Um, of course, he left, he left stuff for us. He had, he had three wives, um, 11 of us, fantastic family. So, I'm the first of my mother. So, of course, the, the shared properties according to, they call it ED. How do you explain? <laughs> 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 Divisions, hallelujah. So, being the first of my mom for my father, I have two younger ones behind me. Everything that they allotted to us, they allotted in my name. So, they will say, This one is for Busayo. This one is for Busayo. However, I know that the two other people, my younger ones, are co-owners of that thing with me. So yes, they have allotted it in my name, but it doesn't belong to me alone. 
It's a co-thing. We are co-heirs of those things that were allotted to us. It is the same way. It is not just that we are heirs of God. We are joined heirs with Christ. Everything that Christ has a right to in God, we are joined heirs with him in those things. That is what eternal life has done for us. Because he said, if indeed we are children, the spirit bears witness with our own spirit that we are the children of God. So if you are children, know that you are joined heirs with Christ. You will inherit God. That's your inheritance. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We are joined heirs with Christ. I'm saying this so that um, I want to believe that there are transactions going on in your heart of what manner of life or what manner of persons we should be. I said earlier, so if you have the life of God, the, the, the very quality the life you have in your spirit is not different from the life that God has. So if you have that quality of life, how should you live? How should you behave? You have to live like God. That's what that life will reproduce. That life cannot produce depression. It cannot produce fear. Is God afraid? Is God fearful? Is God confused? Is God depressed? Hallelujah. Yes, I know there is the flesh part of us, and I believe we'll get there. But what we are meant to do is superimpose that life upon the tendencies of the soul, the tendencies of the flesh. So yes, we see fear. When we see fear, what do we do? We turn to the life. We turn inside. And steered that life. Why? Because fear is alien to that life. Are we together? Confusion, depression, anger, bitterness, unforgiveness, lusts, all sort of things that we call the works of the flesh. Unbelief is alien to that life. So when we see those things in horse, what do, we do? what do we do? We turn to the life within to let it flow out and until, you know, it dominates those evil tendencies. Because those things, they would always be there. Hallelujah. So this eternal life that we speak of is both a gift and it's at the same time a reward. There is what scripture calls the reward of eternal life. That you will inherit eternal life. But if you have not received the gift of eternal life, you cannot qualify for the reward of eternal life. Hallelujah. For the reward of eternal life is an outcome or an offshoot of the gift of eternal life. Romans chapter 6 verse 4. Okay, let, maybe we should read from verse 1. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin 
live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus, were baptized into his death? Therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death. That just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. There is a walk of eternal life that is demanded of us. So scripture is saying it is not just enough that you have eternal life in your spirit. It is not just enough that you have been born again and given his life. You are expected to walk in the newness of life. There is a kind of walk that is expected. Scripture says, We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. That we can do what? That we can walk therein. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. That day that we were created in Christ Jesus unto good works. That's the walking in newness of life. Hallelujah. It is possible to be alive in Christ. But you are not living in Christ. You are born again but you are not walking. You are born again but you are not making progress in God. You are not engaging eternal life. Eternal life is not growing. Eternal life is just dormant in your spirit. Latent. Latent. Dormant. Inactive. And there are many children of God like that. They are like Lazarus. You know what happened to Lazarus? Lazarus, come forth. I think that's John chapter 11 if I remember correctly. Lazarus, come forth. And scripture says that he that was dead came out, rose up, came out, bound hands and foot. So, he was alive, but he cannot engage life. He cannot engage his new life. What did Jesus now do? He said, lose him, untie him. He came out with the grave, grave, grave clothes. Some of us are alive, but we have remained bound. Tied down with the grave clothes that we came out with. And he who had died came out bound hand and foot with grave clothes. And his face was wrapped with clothes. Even he cannot see. Cannot see into the spirit. He cannot walk. Why? Because uh, uh, that place we read, Romans 6, 4 says... That we can walk in the newness of life. How can this man walk? When, he's, when he came out bound, hands and foot. Covered, his face covered. There is a shining of the glory of God upon us. That is supposed to make us see. If your face is covered, you cannot see. How can you walk when you cannot see? Hallelujah. So he said, lose him and let him go. Lose him. God is losing many of us today so that we can walk in the newness of life. So that we can engage the power of God locked up in our spirit. 
there, 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 is, there is so much capacity in our spirit. There is so much, uh, there is so much locked up within us that we have allowed to just stay latent, fallow, untapped. So much grace untapped. So much divinity untapped. So much power. So much life. We must let that life flow henceforth. God is saying this morning, Christ is saying, lose him and let him go. Why? So that he can walk in the newness of life. So that he can show forth the power and the attributes of eternal life. That is what we need to engage our world. That is what we need to express Christ in the world. Everything, everything that God is, everything we is, what he can do, those things locked up. There is power inside of you. You are carrying power. He said, uh, uh, he said, how are the mighty fallen and the weapons of war destroyed or something? He said, they died like mere men. Many of us are walking the face of the head like mere men, never engaging the power of eternal life in us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Finally, let's go to 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5, verse 9. If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God, which he has testified of his son. He who believes in the, in the Son of God has the witness in himself. He who does not believe God has made him a liar because he has not believed the testimony that God has given of his Son. And what is the testimony of God? That God has given us eternal life and this life is in his Son. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. Hallelujah. Praise God. How many of us have been blessed today? So let's pray this morning that, Father, I receive grace. I receive grace. I receive grace. You know, to open to you, to open my heart to you, to receive that which you know I ought to receive from you, to allow this life to grow, to reorder my life, to recalibrate my life according to your will, according to your purpose. According to your purpose. Let my life be a testament. Let my life, let the way I live be a testament to this life. Let me live in the reality the reality of the power of this Zoe in the name of Jesus. Say be a prigo kila out of diva shelliman te karabatara. Mera posa fradiane. Sheliminka aduria brasile partoza vinia. Jelini sofia abia consolanti de canamaza. I bow to no God of this world. I bow to no situation. I bow only to God. The Lord, He only is my God. 
and I refuse the lordship of anything else in the name of Jesus. I place a demand on the life of God in me to live above, to live above, to live above the planes, to live above the systems of this world. I am rebellious against the system of sin and death. I refuse the economy of vanity, of death, of sin, of godlessness in the name of Jesus. I shall feel a bartone sentili barnon tandiga. Paulia shelleme of Varusa simi anthro gilava matabala pasha de bo. In the name of Jesus, my life will matter to the kingdom. My life will matter to the kingdom. My life will matter to the kingdom. I am a territorial governing influence on the earth. I am a territorial governing influence of the earth. By me, righteousness prevail. By me, righteousness, godliness prevail in the earth in my sphere of influence by me righteousness prevails i refuse the delicacies of this world i refuse the delicacies the things that that strip me of my identity as a child of zion i rebel against such systems in the name of jesus i place a demand on zoe from today i live by zoe i live by zoe my strength comes from zoe my understanding comes from zoe in the name of Jesus Christ.